Has this ever happened to you? If I don't go to Biggie PiggyCon, I'm never going to get my copy of Big Pig in the City signed. Or this! If I don't back this and kick a go-go now, I won't get all the cards or exclusive NSFW ghouls. Or even this! I need to get on InstaFace and post my selfish selfies too. Those farm-to-table goats are adorbs and going fast. Well, now you no longer need to suffer from FOMO. FOMO? That's the fear of missing out. As a man wearing a science coat, I can say that FOMO is the leading cause of crippling anxiety for all or most gamers and fan derps out there. At least one of these things I said is true, and that's a fact. 9 out of 10 recommenders recommend the new No FOMO NOMO, the robot AI that controls and monitors your life so you don't miss a thing. No FOMO NOMO? How's my favorite band doing? Ghoul is playing in your town tonight. I've purchased your tickets for you already with your PayBuddy account and rewired their GPS to bring them to your local venue. No FOMO no mo! When's the next DCU movie coming out? That noise? You're an MCU fan now. Tom Holland is currently tied up in your basement with Kevin Feige. No FOMO no mo! When is the new Kekagogo starting for the expansion of Gropshaven? And will there be exclusive figures? The design team's family is being held hostage for you until they finish launching a new crowdfunding campaign. They've been informed that we mean business. No FOMO no mo. We will put a stop to you. Humanity will not bow to our robot overlords. You are weak-willed and easily manipulated. Comply with no FOMO no mo and nobody else needs to get hurt. Keep FOMO safe. Yes, the No FOMO NOMO, it's here for you, whether you like it or not. Downloading podcast now. You'll thank me for it later. The Swarmcast podcast is recorded, mixed, and produced on the poop deck of Gravy Jones Locker in the heart of Columbia, South Carolina. On the show, we talk about the gaming hobby and random fandom. Opinions on this show are... Inflated to make us look a lot smarter than we actually are. Especially John. I'm Toast, your cobalt announcer. And now, prepare to delve into the mind of your host, John Minas. Check it out! Huh? So I've modified the No FOMO No More here to make announcements about game days and events! Well, that's good, Toast, because yeah. I know that whenever I make announcements for oh. anything like that, <laughs> okay. they, they tend to get cancelled pretty much right away or very soon after that. So if it's out of my hands, it's better. Um, okay. So, hey, No FOMO No More! So, uh, what's happening? <laughs> the following events featuring the members of Scarab Gaming Convention and Swarmcast Podcast are happening soon. Firefly Toys and Games RPG Day, July 24th, which is a Saturday, in Columbia, South Carolina. The Scarab-hosted 
Dungeons and Dragons events at Green Dragon in North Charleston, South Carolina on the fourth Sunday of every month. Next one will be July 25th, and the one after that will be August 22nd. Loveland Coffee Board Game Night featuring Scarab in Irma, South Carolina, August 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. Stay up to date by visiting the Scarab events calendar from Scarab's website. Yeah, that's at s-a-r-a-b.com. Yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Dash. Partner, why don't I pour you a sarsaparilla? It's about high noon here in the Swarmcast Saloon. Never mean only one thing. It's about time for a quick draw. Bing, 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 bing. So hello, Swarmcast listeners. We are back with something we haven't done in quite a while. Thank you, COVID-19. A quick start review or quick draw or one shot thing or I, you know, it's been so long. I don't remember what we're calling it anymore. Yeah, me either. So, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't kick it in the quick though. It wasn't kick it into the quick anymore. All right. And so of course, uh, I'm John. I was the GM for this game and the players that we had uh, playing this game. Of course you heard Ruby. Hello guys. We have longtime Swarmcast um, person, Kristen. Hey, it's good to be back. So are you, uh, so you have a, an official uh, title or thing we're supposed to call you now, right? I am doctor now. Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, Dr. GM. Yeah. Yep. Dr. GM. Mm-hmm. Dr. GM. <laughs> and also joining us on this quick start, a person who's been on the show almost as much as I've been on his shows, uh, Don- <laughs> <laughs> Donald Dennis. Hello, everybody. So, Donald, where, where are you coming to us from? What, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, that internet show-wise. You can find all the many shows that I'm a part of over at inversegenius.com. Uh, I don't want to bore your listeners with all of them because you've got too much to talk about here today. That brings us into this. So the game we are going to be talking about, the the quick start that we picked, is for a game called Relics, which is by uh, 10 Star Games. Now, so, is that T-I-N or T-E-N? T-I-N. Uh, mm. 10 Star, like... Like in a... Like a sheriff's a badge. badge. Like a sheriff's badge, which, oddly enough, I got a sheriff's badge in the mail That's the other day. a different... Thing, That's a different game, different subject. Uh, so the basic gist of this game is you're playing fallen angels who are um, in the modern world, so it's a modern world setting, and you are sort of uh, living out here. You've been locked out of heaven, and you're you're there to not necessarily guide humanity, but but sort of protect humanity from demons and and by fallen angels, it's not necessarily you're evil or you're bad or you were kicked out of heaven per se, right? You're just right. you're just on earth. You're angels that can't get back into heaven for some reason. Correct. This takes some of those takes some of those those usual notions of fallen angels and stuff and it kind of uh, it changes it around a right. little so it's oh, not yeah. it's not like the fallen angel lucifer or something like that it's it's just your angels on earth mm-hmm. that although he might show up uh, you know maybe actually well on that well we can get into that a little bit later because there's something interesting in the full version of the game that deals with that why don't we all tell how our characters descended real quick if we remember because well. i've got mine right in front of me um, um, if you, if you want to do that, I guess that'd be fine. I don't Well, to give an idea. For example, sure, my yeah. character was just careless and was busy trying to get the Egypt's the Egyptians, you know, creating civilization and, and was distracted and missed the fact that, oh, I can't get back into heaven now. 
Yeah, and like That's my it. character um, really likes smiting demons, and heaven doesn't have demons, so they chose to stay on Earth to smite demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my character fell intentionally so that she could gather as much information and pass it on to those who are fighting against the demons on the front lines. And that really does kind of give a a decent gist of the game. Like I said, modern day type of thing. Um, we'll get into some more of the, the actual mechanics of it as we're talking about the characters and such. Mm-hmm. As the GM, how easy was this game for me to learn and how much prep time did it take? The quick start really didn't, it didn't take much time at all to, to, to kind of read through maybe about a, an hour, just kind of reading through it once and another hour just kind of carefully picking a little bit more, more out of it. The only prep time I really had to do because we were doing it digitally was making sure that I had the pre-gen characters um, separated out so I could go, here's the file with the pre-gen characters. Other than that, it still would have taken probably about the same amount of prep time, which is not much. Right. (laughs) So for you guys as the players, how easy was it to pick up the rules? Christian, why don't you start? I thought it was pretty straightforward. Uh, The character sheets look a little complicated. There's lots of little categories all over it. But at the end of the day, it just... Each category tells you sort of the kind of thing that you can get some bonus uh, chances of getting a success with. And then the, uh, determining whether or not you succeed in, a, in some action is also pretty straightforward. So I, I thought it was uh, pretty easy to pick up, actually, once you got over the initial shock of seeing the character sheet. Because it's a lot of words on the character sheet. It's not numbers. It's all words because it's a lot of description, descriptive type stuff. Right. And it's not very well organized. Okay. Like there's not a good hierarchy of information. Like here are the mechanical bits you need to know. And then here's the description of how it affects. Um, so it's not as easy to pick out the stuff. And I don't know how the rest of the rule book is. I uh, thought but, the character sheet was perfectly fine. I guess I'm a little more familiar with setups like that. Fate and, oh, and other just, story type RPGs to me. Well, I didn't have a problem with it. Oh, but, I'm, I'm not saying it yeah. was too terribly difficult, but as a graphic designer, I have to say, okay, 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 see, okay, okay. see, <laughs> well, okay, but but still, as far as uh, rules wise, not necessarily the way the character sheet was laid out. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the rules were pretty straightforward. I think we were sort of handicapped by not being able to see what you were doing so easily when you were laying out the cards because we were doing it online. Right. Also, um, you were there was a lot of background that was also sort of being explained at the same time as the rules uh, because. It, they're they're integral to each other right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i think if there was a really short here's the mechanics and then here's the here's the uh the setting or vice versa uh so that they didn't seem to sort of step on each other and it's sort of like the way that the sheets are set up which is it doesn't separate out the mechanics from the uh from the story at all to make it easier to sort of pop uh to pop out and so it didn't have the tells in all, it was not that difficult. It sort of it made sense when we saw it happening, but it it was a little it felt a little all mixed in. Yeah, I think once we encountered the first uh, actual test where we had to to see if we passed or failed. I mean, once you saw it happen the first time, there was pretty much no real questions after that. Really straightforward. Okay, but you know the initial hump of like, okay, what's going on? And that may have been because we decided to do it digitally and... Right. So so the game itself does still have just the one person, the dealer, or the GM, mm-hmm. as we would normally call him, is the one who is dealing out the cards and all that stuff. 
which um so so to me i was like oh well that should make this that should make this pretty easy via the digital the way we were doing it um but then yeah i kind of found i was like oh well you guys might not actually see me drawing the cards or pulling the cards out on the i i think it, I, well part of me thinks rule wise that would have a more visual appeal well, and impact on the table i mean you did point the camera at the tables that you could show the cards off and that all worked great and mm-hmm. so i could see at a table playing this with people that it would be very evo- evocative of uh-huh. this semi-mystical game system right that is attached to a super mystical game yeah and so i think that that it works the mechanics will work hand in hand with you know what's going on and in numbers wise uh, like christian and ruby both said you know it was pretty easy to you know to grab onto okay once once we saw it and working all right so we've kind of already hinted at this but let's go into what's probably going to be a nice little hot topic of discussion on this one <laughs> uh the pre-generated characters so uh what did you think of the pre-gens as far as the characters themselves uh, in other words, did they feel like they, they kind of fit with this particular quick start? Did they just feel somewhat arbitrary? Uh, I thought the characters, I mean, a lot of them seemed really uh, tied to this specific setting of the quick start. So the uh, adventure took place in Las Vegas, and uh, at least the the characters, the pregens that I looked at more carefully, they all seemed to have some link directly to Las Vegas. Uh, so that was that was kind of interesting, um, mm-hmm. and then the characters I, the character I went with, I thought she was really interesting as a, a character. So like as all a, her abilities, so, yeah. So as I note, there were six pre-generated characters. There were mm-hmm. only three of us playing. But uh, Chris, That's true. Yeah, but Kristen's right. They they all they all did have very good ties into the, into the Vegas setting from what I remember looking through them. Uh, and so I thought that it was interesting. I would not have liked the character so much if Ruby wasn't playing the character that she was playing. Because, (laughs) no, I mean, because it was very important to have sort of the difference. Mm -hmm. It's like um, myself and Christian were playing characters with soft skills, right? It was, uh, you know, I was a people person. He was the research knowledge person. And if we didn't have a combat person who had such an obviously flagrant difference. Very uh, brash compared to the thinkers. Yeah. Well, and also the way you presented uh, mm-hmm. when you were playing and the, oh, I'm not a fitter inner. I'm a, uh, a standard outer kind yeah. of thing. It's, it's like you've got that. And it really helped sort of investigate the system. If I was just playing with, you know, my character and, um, and the professor and I, there's another one that I saw in there. I was like, there was this would the... be a much, much more low case or low key sort of game. Yeah. But when you get a bruiser in there who looks weird. Mm-hmm. and who carries a sword that all of a sudden you go oh the stakes in this game are so much different right and if they had a hierarchy with three players we recommend these characters with you know four players or six, i wouldn't want to play this game with six players that would be silly but um some people would like it yeah uh the other so. type of characters when there were a thief character and mm-hmm. a cyber sleuth type character so and then i don't remember the, the last one and then the, the one i don't Jack. I, and the sixth character uh, One-Eyed Jack was, was kind of a, a, a sneaky con man type of character. Okay. So so we did choose kind of the three different archetypes, whereas the other three kind of fit the role of those sort of as well. Um, yeah. And I would not have wanted to have, I think that probably they should have left out the cyber one. I was like, that looks like a really cool character, but how well is it going to play 
in the same setting with the others for an introductory scenario. It mm. felt like a, you already know the game, let's play the cyber person. Well, but I guess they were showing off the rules. I was going to so. say, I think, yeah. yeah, I think they were trying to really show off a little bit more like, hey, this is what else you can do with Because this. it is set in a modern setting. Right. Uh, which does kind of bring up the thing that you did mention during the game about mm -hmm. the memories. There's this system or this part of the, the, rules about yeah. memories and then there are some pre-done there's two pre-done memories on each of our character sheets and they related to the various pre-gens so it happened to be that like i chose a character that didn't actually have a memory related to either of these two but we do all know each other it's already set out that we do know each other mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the memory the memory mechanic i i was was a partial selling point to me because mm -hmm. It's a neat way to, um, to to kind of fill in some of those gaps on a character. Um, I, I this is gonna get a little little uh, out of boxy or whatever you want to call it, but that would be an interesting mechanic to introduce into other games, mm -hmm. maybe to a much lesser degree, where it's like right. you know you can all right, well what's maybe there's something in that happened in the the past pertaining to your two characters that gives you a slight advantage or something on this situation. And there are some games, and I really couldn't say which one it was right now, but you had a skill pool that you could say, ah, I have this skill for this scenario. I okay. it was, maybe it was a Bond game or something. And it's okay. sort of playing off of that that kind of mechanism. And I liked the memory thing. Mm -hmm. I felt it was sort of tough for us. Maybe it was just because, hey, we don't know the setting that well to sort of pull in the elements and say this is this is the cool memory but kind of like the first time you play fiasco or a bunch of these others hey you're setting right. up a scene yes that's a very good yeah. that's a very good example if if you're jumping into this and you've been playing a, a lot um of other kind of uh more storytelling storyteller type or crunch well if you haven't been playing as many storytelling mm -hmm. games but a few more crunchy type of games this is going to take a little bit to get into right there are a couple of points where you even suggested that we could you know use the memory system to remember that we we had some skill that would be relevant in the situation. I never found it all that helpful, uh, mainly because I think the way the rules are set up, it there's a lot more chances, it seems, to succeed in some task than to fail. Yeah, uh, okay. just, just Yeah, it, it just seemed like we were succeeding almost all of the time. Well, I think that's because uh, we, were, we were definitely playing to our character strengths. You were, you were definitely... Sure. Uh, yeah but 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 even then like the the way you fail is just by drawing a, a card with a low face value and it seemed like there were more cards with higher like just in the tarot deck there are more cards with a higher than necessary to succeed face values but the so, bad guys could have drawn those too that's they just didn't because john was having i was having uh, yeah. yeah i was because i was I mean, the yeah, game. That, <laughs> he, he had a soft deck that's what I'm saying. Hey. Uh, this is sure. a family show. <laughs> we already did that at Safe for Work show. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just... Uh, there, yeah, I get you. I, I, I think I pulled... Uh, like, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. Uh, maybe once and didn't really feel the need to do it again. Okay. Well, I just felt that most, most of the time that I was going to do the memory thing, that it would be to get a skill that was out of character. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And because I didn't know enough of the world, it was not. It was. It, there was one time that we did use it for my character, and I was like, "Okay, we'll throw this in." It seems like it makes sense. It was the whole card pickpocketing thing. Wasn't that the point of the memory? 
right. points right. is to be able to, if there's something that you can't necessarily do or you didn't, you've lived millennia, your angels that have learned things from different time periods, you know. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. cause normally in the full game, you wouldn't have any memories on your character At sheet. All. So you guys happen to start with a couple because... And you build your character as you play. And you would be... Well, the memories as you play. Right. So you would get more skills over the years. I guess that's kind of how you would level, sort of, I guess, is the more memories you have is the more skills you have. That would have been part of it. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Part of it, yeah. Well, those those things that you get during a session are only good for that session unless you... That is true. Okay. That is true. There's other things that... Yeah, there's other things that you would... level into but um and for me and i you know setting wise or or story wise i know that books and whatever do it all the time where it's like oh uh, all of a sudden james bond is the world's greatest knife fighter we hadn't seen it when he got pushed off the train before (laughs) or whatever but it is as a player it, it feels like i prefer a little more consistency so unless there is a reason why hey you've been down on the planet for a while and you don't always have access to your full corpus of skills, which in the quick start was not explained in the, in the actual rules though, it might Mm -hmm. be a, you know, you've got all this stuff to, to deal with, or it's just something that players have to figure out for themselves. That's, that's not bad. It's a little jarring, but not horrible. It kind of reminds me of like fate points in, in the fate system where you can, you can create a story tag. You can say, well, there's this object or this uh-huh. thing or this this story element that I want to add to this scene. It, it kind of felt like that to me. Oh, uh, okay. See, the way I when I was when I was reading through it, I was like, oh, this is like in the um in the old in the old Highlander TV series or something like yes. that. Yeah. Where like he'll be doing something in the series and all of a sudden he'll run into something and go, huh, and then you'll get this flashback to like, you know, uh Rev Rev War times or something like that. Where he and a buddy are are digging through some stuff, going, oh well, this. I was is... thinking of the duel, right? Mm-hmm. The French duel. That's a very good example. And then it's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. And so all of a sudden we've established that from this point on, remember, he's 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 yeah. a duelist now, or he now knows how to he he's always known how to mint gold coins. And I think it might be fun if you're doing these characters and playing them for a while. It's like, here are all the memories that I've used, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then maybe I can when when you level up, assuming that's such a thing in the game. We didn't get that far well, yeah, in a quick it's... start. But it's like, I'm going to now make this a permanent thing so I have access to it. And that that would be kind of a cool thing. But now we're speculating way right, off right, of Right, right, right. That's right. outside so the scope yeah. of... No, but that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Was there anything that you felt was kind of confusing about the character sheets themselves? <laughs> Donald, take it away. Oh, I just... They didn't say, here are the things that are going to affect <laughs> gameplay versus here's the... Love. You know, here's the theme, or here's the, you know, the fiction versus here's the mechanics. And it was just a big old wall of text. And, you know, a good graphic designer could fix that for you. That's all I'm saying. Um, but it is also possible that because it's a quick starter, it's not a full character sheet and blah, blah, blah. But they, heck, they could have even done, you know, color. Oh, there's a thousand. I'm not going to redesign it for the guy on the air. <laughs> but, um but yeah, it was a it was a boring and, and ugly sort of character sheet with lots of little bits of interesting data on it and uh and story. I guess less data, more story. So 
Okay. So the thing that I did notice is the the data, the things that you would tag and use and that you should use mechanically were in italics. Yeah, and you you must kind of find out that oh well, mm-hmm. if I just skim skim all the way to the end of this, mm-hmm. it was almost always at the end of each uh, entry. Yeah, or line italics. Which, or, if you're trying to communicate information, right. is absolutely the worst place to put it. Yeah, um, you know. <laughs> okay. So some of it is the amount of stuff they were trying to get across, um, and maybe you've seen the actual rules, right, John? Have you do the character sheets on that present the information better? Uh, well, those character sheets are definitely laid out a little bit differently, and there's but a, a lot of it is just um, blank lines for you to fill in a lot of stuff because this is a very storytelling game. So there's not, there's, and, yeah. It's not like a D&D I, sheet where you have a list of all the skills on there and you go, check, check, check. Right. And I think that, that just because it irritates me doesn't mean that <laughs> it makes the game unfun. <laughs> just, it's, I've, got that, I've got that perspective. Right. And I'm thinking, this could have been amazing and glorious, uh, and yet what we have is a wall of text. Well, and I also get the kind of the impression that when you're playing your character, that's your character. So however right. it is you feel you need to uh, notate, your- notate your stuff is up to you. Which for this game, I I get that, that that makes sense. I I am I'm under the impression that the what you what you're more than likely going to be doing with your character is kind of also creating like a journal for your character, that as it were. That would be cool. Yeah, that does you know, feel that way. You know, it, it kind of and that goes back into what you were talking about, Donald, with like, well, here's some of my memories that I've had. Right. Here's some of the things I've gotten from that. Again, that's a good good thing to point out between the quick start and what the mm-hmm. full game would be like. Oh yeah, yeah. So so as a note, like I said, this came with six quick start characters. Uh-huh. You did not create the characters with right. the quick start. Right. There are games out there that li- basically step you through a quick character creation. This was not one of them. Right, right. And I appreciate that. Yes. Good on them. <laughs> yes. Well, with a game where your character is supposed to be something you build and that you become, I don't want to say attached to, but with a storytelling mm-hmm. type game, I don't know if I like having been given a pregen, a pregen like this that is walls of text that, you know, I'm like, well, okay, well, I have no buy-in with this character oh, gotcha. per se because this gotcha. is a storytelling game versus a, oh, a numbers game. Yeah, I just pick up the numbers. I know what these numbers mean type of game. I, I, so I'm torn between whether I like that these were all pregens given to us versus having stepped through a quick character creation. So if they wanted this to be yeah. an amazing thing, I am going to do, I've changed That's... my mind. Um, <laughs> it would be... It would be one page front and back for the character mm-hmm. where on the on the basically on the mechanic side, you would have all the mechanics bits sort of broken out. Right. And here's that. And it would be pre- presented beautifully with a nice piece of art and some cool graphics that help enhance the both the readability and the immersion into the thing. And then maybe little bits of the story. And then you would have more of the narrative that you're talking about or this, these wallets of text that I have mentioned so many times <laughs> that would go more on the other side so that you've got the room, the breathing space, and it could still repeat a lot of what's on this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just, it reads like a magazine. Or, I mean, it, it looks like a magazine from the 90s. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. okay. So one uh, of your and, biggest sticking points was actually the way the character sheet is presented. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everything else is yeah. This is kind of interesting. It it felt awfully um, soft. 
like we could rationalize anything we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I like that kind of game sometimes. I liked it here. Uh-huh. And uh, it felt like we had fun with it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, upon first glancing at it, um, <clears throat> there's a category called attributes. And most of the names for the attributes are not self-explanatory. Yeah. Aspect, Herald, Descent, Signifier. Like, none of that comes off as obvious what that any of that means. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. That's, that's and an excellent point. And sometimes reading uh, through what is actually contained in that, like what my dominions were uh, for my character, uh, wasn't super obvious either. Like, I don't... Witness and communion can mean lots of different things, okay. but those are my dominions. Uh, okay. So it, it was just, uh, it was a bit easier to pick up once you explained what a lot of these things were. And at the end of the day, it was just, uh, can you justify adding an extra card to your draw uh, when you perform an action? But yeah, the, the first glance was, oh, wow, there's a lot of stuff here and I don't, have an intuitive grasp of what any of it is. It did feel like they were really up their own. Um, they were very excited about their own words to describe things instead of using mm-hmm. stuff that would be understandable to a normal person. I it, totally it was all get studying, that. not mechanics based. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. And 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 on to to that note, I will say because this was a quick start, there was. Um, it's one of the things I always have about mm-hmm. some of these quick starts where there's there's sometimes there's stuff on the sheet that is not explained in the quick start, but but unlike those other times when we've encountered that, this book says... This one said... This one actually spells out for you, yeah, there's some stuff on here that's part of the game, but it is not uh, truly important for this quick start. So some of those words and stuff, it said, you know, this is important if you're playing the full game, which is why we're presenting it here on these these sheets so mm-hmm. that you can see that, but it really is... is for, all, for the intents and purposes of this quick start, it's not going to apply. And I do appreciate that from that respect. Having the one to be to run it, yeah. Right. Rather than saying, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And rather than it not being on there at all right. and then getting the full one and going, what are these five other things? Right. So let's talk about this adventure. How was the adventure? Uh, did it... Did we enjoy it? Well, okay. Doesn't matter if we enjoyed it. How was this? Ad- yeah, it does. But how was this adventure? Uh, and do we feel like it? It really it helped convey some of the setting and feel for the game itself. It's an adventure where, where the setting is modern day, and there are angels and demons running around, um, sort of hidden. They were hidden, right? Mm. This isn't an obvious. Okay, that was yeah, actually. Yeah. That wasn't actually pointed out. I just kind of went with it as a, that was the assumption. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so you have sort of like this masquerade sort of situation where there are angels and demons running around on Earth in modern times. Um, and so the adventure conveyed that. Um, you know, we are running around modern day Las Vegas. And uh, there was some a mysterious new casino that showed up on the strip. And Everyone thought it had been there for a really long time, even though none of us could remember it being there at all. And then we found out the reason why was because uh, some powerful demon was running the show. Sort except, of. Was he? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Question right? mark. Uh, right. So I, I thought that was all did a really good job. Like it conveyed the modern day setting. You put us, I mean, it put us in uh, 
like a really sort of modern uh, situation where you know we're uh, doing research on Google and mm -hmm. texting each other and all all that stuff, and yet we're angels and using miracles to to do things and um, so it was it was kind of a, a nice mix. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that was setting specific though. Um, there was in explaining the character sheet. There was a lot of of talk about. Uh, the gates of heaven and descents and all this stuff and none of that really came through in the adventure itself So it's kind of a mixed bag. It's like oh, yeah, it's it's this modern setting with these fantastical elements and Most of the fantastical elements are kind of generic. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. So the adventure to me mm -hmm. um, I agree it showed off the modern portion of it very well um, I think as players we didn't necessarily grasp at and utilize as much of the memory portion to to um, uh, illuminate the fact that we are ancient beings mm -hmm. and using that part of it. But but again, we weren't really pressed to like we talked about earlier. So I don't think it's all the settings per se downfall it it might have also been our mindsets as well not being not not having read actually anything about it just been giving these character sheets being told certain things um you know like i grasp the way i end up playing a full game or even everything where i really get into it is I usually read the book up until like if it's like, it's like Deadlands, it's like oh you player's book and GM's book. Don't read the anything in the GM's book, but the player's books everything there's good good to go. You know, I I would like to have have been able to read like a one sheet of okay. of the background of the setting of the world explained, not necessarily of the adventure, but the adventure gotcha. was gotcha. good. But like I said, I don't I don't know if it was. If it was the adventure or if it was the players that didn't explore those aspects. Because even with our memories that we chose, none of us chose ancient memories. We chose more modern-y type For, memories. <laughs> well, and, and some yeah. of that was, was partially because... Right, right, you know, what we were like, trying to do. Right. Yeah. Well, I can't go too far back if I'm trying to get something that's going to help me with computer knowledge. Right. <laughs> right. If, if we'd have been more involved in that final fight, we probably right. would have had a... You teaching us how to kill demons or people or whatever Right. Was, but, uh, right. Like I think one so, of my ge yeah, my generic memory was um, as far back as Civil War, Civil War and World War Two were okay. some of the things mentioned on my character sheet. Okay. So one of the, the questions I had was how and for this is probably should have come up in the mechanics discussion um, is how do we take damage? I mean, <laughs> everything that that we did was <laughs> us doing a thing and being successful and or not being successful but not being successful or failing in a way that causes us to physically okay. take damage well and so i have no idea how that resolves because it never came up yeah a lot of our social stuff failures were social not well if the gm draws good cards <laughs> and you know and they're good enough then um just like like how when you do would do damage, I would say, okay, you got this many degrees of success. So that's kind of how much damage I do. It's a similar mm -hmm. sort of thing. I'd be like, oh, I got this many degrees of success over you. If I get, um, for the most part, it's going to be the most I could probably get is like one. And I'd say, well, then now you have a blight, which in this case is a 
is sort of the disadvantage thing. The the thing where you, we now right. you draw a negative card, you know, another card, keep the lowest one kind of thing. And you would right, just, right, right. and you could just keep racking up blights. So there's no hard, like, you know, you have X number of X number of damage and then you're dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it could be like, you know, I just, you know, they, they keep like hitting beating you. Beating someone you, unconscious. Yeah. yeah. It could be like, oh, I've hit you so many times. You have, you know, six or eight or more things of blight on you. So at that point, you know, me as a GM and you as the player, we go, so, <laughs> so why don't we just, uh, yeah. So why don't we just agree that your character cannot get out of this reasonably? And Okay. So the encounter felt, or the, the whole scenario felt to me that we had sort of set up, and then we had basically one encounter that Ruby created. <laughs> I do and then that I sort lot. of followed through uh, on. Uh, right. Uh, and then I sort okay, of followed okay, through okay. on. And then we had the encounter that sort of resolved it all. And it may be just because of the way we as a playgroup sidestepped, you know, the, the big issues. Well, how much did we miss of the uh, of the adventure? Um, with the way this is set up, you really didn't miss much of the adventure. I had a, I had a whole uh, I had several different NPCs I could have chosen from that you could have interacted with. So I had to I had to see well how are they going about this because mm-hmm. that could have determined who your first NPC that you interacted with. And because of the way you were going is like oh clearly it's going to be security. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> you know, because it could have been mm. the pit boss. It could have been. Um, there's like one or two other guys that it could have been right. So they're, they're, various casino type employees. Right. But they would have all, they all kind of pretty much had the same information they would have been able to get to you. So um, as far as like, what did we miss or circumvent any major story beats? No, the very last part, you could have gone, <laughs> could have gone several different ways on that last part. That part was really left for, it was meant to lead up to a, uh, well, the players have, they, you know, on the surface, it looks like they have two choices, but really they've also got a big moral or, or questionable choice. I don't know if it's a moral, moral choice, yeah. but kind of, you know, how do they deal with this thing at the end? So, well, I was going to say, I play a lot of different games. I always have, um, I, I mm-hmm. like, and, and you do end up comparing different games to, to games. But it, this kind of reminded me, the, the adventure-wise, reminded me of how a Shadowrun adventure is kind of set up, where you get some, where you, you're, you're, you're tasked with something or to do something, mm-hmm. you do a lot of research, you make a plan, and you go in and you try to implement the plan and then improvise. At least that's how our Shadowrun sessions end up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. Yeah. So, so as far as an adventure, that's kind of what it felt like to me. Well, and this felt, yeah, very, I mean, as far as an adventure goes, it had a, a cute hook. I mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it had a reveal that was uh, sort of startling, and then it had and it had a tough choice to make, and that was pretty much all of it. Now, if you're doing mm-hmm. a quick start and you're sitting around the table at a convention, you could get this done in two hours, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. potentially, yeah. you know, and, and it would be if you if the GM already knew what was going on. And I think for that, it is super suitable, and I like that. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a full-on role-playing session with your friends, then the GM has to be ready to sort of expound on Vegas mm-hmm. a bit and on the encounters in the, on the ground floor. But if you're trying to do a just a rules exploration, then it's it's well up to that task. It's not amazing or startling, but it is good. Yeah. I, I agree. And they even say in this that this, would be a good, this is a good jumping-on point or starting point. Mm-hmm if you want to lead into a bigger game or more 
game. Yeah, there's room. There's room there. That's right. elbow room. I agree. I agree. Now, from a GM standpoint, reading through this adventure, they really gave me a lot of freedom to kind of, they gave me, and I wish more games would do this. They gave me, here's, you know, very, in a very short amount of space, they said, here's the major beats that you just got to make sure you don't miss. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you've got to be kind of reacting to what the players are trying to do. You know, they, they even say, you know, how they get into this point is up to them. They, they could be this way or this way or this way. Either way, you know, this thing is something that's going to happen. And we almost made it way more difficult on ourselves than we had to. So, <laughs> you know, that's, well, that's the player's job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So now we get to the, the last two hardest questions of our quick start reviews. First one is, did you enjoy the game, Donald? I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was, it did what it needed to do for a quick start introductory kind of session. So, yes. Okay. Kristen, what about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it. On top of what Donald just said, it's also, uh, I kind of enjoyed the fluff. I mean, just reading the character sheets. Uh, maybe not the best for learning the rules, but the way all of the different abilities tied into some interesting fluff was uh, kind of cool. Okay. Ruby? I had fun. I enjoyed the uh, company, and I'm glad they didn't get mad at me for being playing the bruiser and being a bruiser. Oh, it, it saved the game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just like I said, both for the way you played it and for the fact of having a a completely differently cast character. So yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, thumbs up to you. Yeah. I, I try to choose when there's pregens. I usually try to choose the ones that I know others won't choose. And a lot of times I know a lot of people don't play just the straight up bruiser unless they're just not interested in a lot of stuff. So I was like, well, I know, I know my audience. They're the people I'm playing with. So that's the one I was going to take. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, I really did take the one I took, uh, uh, Amnesette, uh-huh. uh, the face, just because it was the first one in the PDF and I wouldn't have to scroll back and forth. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I was like, well, the one I was going to take is just taken, so I'll take the easy one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh. Okay. I enjoyed the quick start mm-hmm. but for a lot of different reasons, one of which was um, getting to play a game with my friends again. again after so long <laughs> um uh, uh i also enjoyed it because of how much um how much freedom as gm it kind of gave me it gave me that type of freedom that i that i enjoy from the games that i run and come up with myself right you are a very reactionary cause and effect type gm right you you right. do the. You, that's how you actually run a lot of games is you do story beats you're like i this is what i want to hit Mm-hmm. How I get there, I don't care. All right. So the final question. Would you check out the full game based off of your experience with this quick start? Let's start with uh, opposite direction. Ruby. Only if I knew who was playing and we agreed to build our characters together. I don't think this is a game for everyone. I don't think people that like rules heavy hmm. stuff. I think people that like more open and creative avenues um, of gaming would be better to play with. More creative writers, storytellers, people like that. I don't think people that just want to go and smack and stuff around. I don't, I, the the short answer is yes, I would play it again with the Uh right group. So yes, but. Yes. Okay. Correct. Okay. Ruby's going to yes, but this. Okay. (laughs) 
Uh, Kristen. Since we played the game, I actually was looking up uh, the core rulebook on Drive-Thru RPG. So I am, in fact, actively checking out the full game as we speak. <laughs> cool. Very cool. And uh, what about you, Donald? I would certainly pick up the book and flip through it. If uh-huh. I could, if I was at a gro- uh, at a grocery store, not a game <laughs> store that that stocked it, man. And yeah, the only the only stores store. I've been to, the only yeah, the only stores I've been to in the past year have been grocery stores. Grocery stores. <laughs> but uh, I would I would have to look it over for is the design of the the physical and graphic layout going to annoy me so much? No, I I'm just kidding. It probably wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> um, but I. I am interested in, in looking it over and with the right group, I wouldn't play it with a bunch of dungeon crawlers. Right. Who that's the primary purpose of hack and slash. But if you've got a story group, if I was playing with, uh, you know, some of the GMs, you know, mm-hmm. from Oklahoma that I played with for years, I, I would absolutely love to run through a short campaign. I don't know how well an extended campaign would go. Like a mini series. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, like a WandaVision's length miniseries would okay. be wonderful. Okay. Nine substantial episodes. Yeah. And then a and then a, a making of. Wait, no. Um <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, I would look at it. I don't know that I want to buy it and be the GM of it. Um, but I would play if okay. you were gonna run this again, I'd play it. Okay. So you're a yes but. So as we got well. so we have two yes buts. Yes. And a and a yes, and I obviously am. yes because he's checking it out right now. That doesn't surprise but, uh, me actually. None of the answers. Well, I could see me. buying it and stealing from it liberally. Actually, there, <laughs> yeah. there are elements I would swipe from it for other games. But I, I, I would say, like, I was looking at it from a GM perspective. Like, would I want to run this game? But uh-huh. I, like, like you guys, I would be very cautious about uh, who I let sit at the table with this one. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, and, we'll, oh, oh. we'll say Kristen's also a yes, but. <laughs> Well, I've been saying that for years. Um, well, I mean, I, I feel the same way about every game. Like, there are some I, games I don't want to play. Right. Okay. Like, I don't want to play Fate or, or a story game with, say, someone like our friend Doug, who's all about the numbers and the crunch and the twinking and, and stuff. That's just not his style. That isn't the type of game, which is one of the reasons we actually didn't invite him for the play test, for the quick start. Yeah, we, we knew, we knew it, it wasn't his fit. game. Right. Right. Having having tried to play a uh, Dracula dossier with him, I know that that was right. not a good fit. This is not so. a good fit. Weirdly, anyway. weirdly enough, would I check out the full game? You are heck yes, because this <laughs> hits a lot of uh, uh-huh. mythology beats that I've been totally into for like Years. a while now. He also only always always likes games with different types of mechanics rather than just rolling dice. And mm-hmm. so Deadlands, for example, he likes because you draw from a deck. You you're you're doing cards. This one uses tarot this cards. Is a tarot deck, right? The whole mechanic is based off using the tarot yeah, deck. So I was so. like, oh, I'm I'm all sorts of on board with this. Plus, um, like I said, the lore, everything in there is fascinating. So now we'll get to our other little weird side notes. Uh, it sounds like Donald had some stuff he wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, Donald. I know. I, I got a couple too. of them. Okay. One was I thought that, that the angels felt like they were not all Christian angels, right? That they were a variety of, um, yeah, it wasn't all fixed to the Christian right. mythos. Right, like that yours made, was more um, Egyptian. Yes. Egyptian, yep. Yeah. 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 I thought so, that was cool. Yeah. Mine kind of. And that's, that, that's one of the things they, yeah. they hone in on the main book because, spoiler mine, alert, I've got the full book. Right. Uh, right. And mine felt very <laughs> um, Old Testament, smitey. Right. Yours, yours totally was. Yeah. 
and Kristen's felt uh, Kristen's had a very. I, I was walking around with Arabic being whispered constantly. Right. Uh huh. And uh, a coin from a seventh century caliphate. So yeah. Yeah. So that, that that was all pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I would say specific to this quick start is if you get it and you think you want to run you know, more in the game, and this is not going to be just a one-shot, but you're using it to introduce your folks, take the time to really play up the elements of Vegas mm -hmm. and, you know, people that they know, uh, maybe who are showing up at the uh, at the place that's the big, the big set piece. Uh, get them involved with the characters and stuff. If you're just playing it to learn uh, the mechanisms mm -hmm. and, and run through, then it's not so important. But you, Vegas is such a, a rich tapestry of... Right weirdos and wonderful people mm -hmm. um in a in a half fairy tale background anyway that you can <laughs> right. you can play through with so much and and immerse your players into it that will make them so much more excited it's like oh uh, my character's at the luxor because i'm the egyptian angel or whatever it is right but play in with some more of those elements which you know john hinted at as we were doing it but it was obvious to us that we were sort of yeah. not going to be doing a repeat campaign of this right. uh -huh. uh, over and over again and so it, it didn't emerge as much as possible but you can get a lot out of just this small package to to sort of play up the elements and i think that's super cool vegas is a great place to set a introductory scenario so the other place that yeah. i could see this being set in would be somewhere like new orleans other than that i can't think of anywhere yeah, like okay. in okay. in the u.s that i would be like oh this fits really well a for bit, all a, those weirdos just and... a, a really big cultural right pot of uh right but yes i agree uh, apparently the designer of the game thought so too because uh, just looking at what else tin star game sells uh -huh. is a guide specifically for this game of las vegas <laughs> mm. yep they have a yeah and this is going to bring me into one of my side notes because this specifically talks about a um this this can lead into the i think it's called the hell on earth trilogy mm-hmm um, which I am under the impression with pretty much deals with what, what you guys encountered and a lot of other stuff going on in Vegas. That's cool. You can either play this as part of your own game, or if you really, really like where the story is going, you can dig into that trilogy as well. Any other tips or bits that we need to know about, John? All right. So a few other little things I want to talk about. One of the reasons we're reviewing this is because this, the guy, uh, Steve D or Stephen D, I assume guy, I shouldn't assume. The person behind this, Stephen D., um, he put out a, a note into a group that I'm part of that said, hey, other people have tried to review this and they don't want to because they say this is too dense. Is anybody going to be, be a, is anybody up to the challenge? And I said, heck yeah. <laughs> so that's one reason. And he was more than happy to go, you know, to, to say, awesome, here's all that stuff. And he, and wait, is this paid? Are we being sponsored to do we're this? We're not, not being no. sponsored to do this. No. I just said I'd review it. He did not give me anything for free. I grabbed this this kickstart off of quick start or excuse me i grabbed this quick start off a of drive through rpg it's at a pay what you want yeah um level i think they 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 heavily lean into the two dollar or three dollar thing but like i said you can pay what you want and i said sure we'd we'd give it a crack we'll, we'll go ahead and take a look at it and review it i was going to be the one to run the quick start but as i read the first bit of rules i realized that it's not my gm style and it would have been better suited for john so i mm -hmm. i did read those first quick start rules i didn't read the adventure or anything else mm -hmm. but um yeah it's pretty neat but all that is to say that 
he then let me know later on that they are going to have a Kickstarter uh, going up in September for an expansion for this game. Um, other than that, I have no idea what the expansion is going to be. Mm. I don't know if it's a setting expansion, an actual um, set of scenarios, or if it's going to be like, here's how to play demons or something. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting. Well, if he'd like to sponsor the Swarmcast, um, <laughs> I, I will promise not to complain too much about the graphic design. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Swarmcast isn't isn't the kind of one that takes sponsors anyway. We That's do it for the love of games. So again, that was us talking about. <laughs> again, that was us talking about relics. Um, as Kristen and I both hinted at, uh, go get it off of drivethroughrpg.com. You can also check out Ten Star Games. Um, the, oh, I'll put the link in the note. It's 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 not just tenstargames.com. It's tenstargames.something.com. Look at me being I, all. You know, I will. I will probably run this for my playgroup now that I see it. Oh. I just, mm-hmm. but I don't have a tarot deck, so never mind. Well, if you don't have a tarot deck, but if you're running off of like Roll Twenty or something like that, they might have a yeah a tarot deck thing built into it. Tarot decks aren't that Tab- expensive. Our tabletop might have some. Yeah. I'm not too. buying a tarot deck. Why? Mumbo jumbo. I got no room for that. <laughs> uh, all right. So for the Swarmcast, uh, apparently not advocating getting a tarot deck is Donald Dennis. You can. <laughs> I'm fine. All right. No. So again, relics. Check them out. Uh, we had our guest, Donald Dennis. Hello, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, of course, Kristen. See you later, everyone. Dr. GM himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruby. Hey, bye. And myself, John, saying, um, yeah, go go play some quick start games. Meh. Yay, week ending to this segment. Thanks for running, John. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a closer look at Relics, a Game of Angels core rulebook from 10 Star Games. That's T-I-N, and it's 10StarGames.com. Uh, this book is by Steve D., So when first looking at this, I'm reminded of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Um, It's not just me trying to be hip or something like that. Uh, Trying to hit on the zeitgeist or the current moods. But it generally has that vibe. The fonts, the way things are presented. um, It's like they're parts of recovered history or memories. It really kind of evokes that. It, It has that vibe. This game is about angels. Well, no, it's it's about immortal beings who've been on our world long enough to have had a hand in shaping and watching us grow throughout all of history. Uh, well, no, it's really about the battle of good versus evil, maybe? No, no. It's about memories and what defines a person, or I mean, or being in this case. No, it's about finding lost, powerful artifacts and relics. Uh... No, it's about fighting a great war against demons, or maybe it's a bit of all of this. Well, okay, so the concept here of God, angels, demons, is better in this sense, in the sense of this game. It's more like an amalgamation of divine forces that have been a part of humanity since history began. There's some similarities to Christian mythology. There's similarities to a bunch of different religions or mythologies. Um, There's a sort of freedom there that you get when you're making your character. Relics uses a variation on the fugue system, which was originally presented by James Wallace. Go look that up on the internet. It's fascinating stuff. And it has 
well, Relics has more of an urban fantasy setting, and you're going to use a tarot deck, and your associated attributes on your character are going to be used for things for like conflict resolution and for random determinings of, of things. In the quick start that you just heard, we were exposed to concepts of miracles and relics, uh, but the core book is really where what expands on that even more. It shows you how to improve your character, and it tells you what relics do and how they are created and found. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's some fascinating stuff. It also makes it clear why you, as an angel, uh, definitely do not want these relics and artifacts and such falling into the hands of demons or mortals, for that matter. So the intro and chapter one of the core book give some interesting narratives that help pull you into the game and introduce you to the storytelling concepts of the game. It hints at the players what is really going on in the larger scheme of this game universe. In the second and third chapter, it really lays down the guidelines to making your character and the basics on playing of the game, of, of how you flip the tarot cards to do, determine the resolution of conflicts, and how you can, uh, as they would say in Fate, you tag certain things or you use your certain skills to give you a bit of a, a boost onto what numbers you're looking for. I really enjoy the aspect of the memory mechanic in this game and how it helps bring your character and other characters in together. You'll use a memory to basically simulate the fact that, oh, I have this skill. But it's really the other players who help define what that memory is and, and how you kind of use that. Games I've played in the past either have you create your character kind of in a void. They sort of stand alone and almost even don't even really acknowledge or, or feel like they're, for the most part, that there's even going to be other characters, much less players at the table as well. Or they rely so much on group building that they're building the characters all together that when one character or one player can't show up for the night um, or a new player just shows up, it kind of creates an incomplete character moment for whoever you're playing or creates a big disconnect between the old group and newer players. The newer players get a lot of, uh, well, remember this thing that happened? And then it's usually the GM and those older players kind of bantering back and forth. Relics has you create your character as they are now, in the present, in the current moment. And then each player at the table, when you are playing, kind of helps flesh them out uh, each time that you play through this memories mechanic. In chapters 4 and 7, it kind of goes into a lot more detail about the relics, how they're created, how powerful they can be, how you can create one, what happens if you get a hold of one. In the, in the quick start, we get just a hint of how much power there is and what that actually means. The core rulebook for relics really drives home the fact that the, well, relics are why we, why our angel characters are here. This is kind of what we do now. This is what we are responsible for. Chapters five, six, and eight will give the players and the dealer, who in this, who is the, the name for the GM in this case, a better understanding of everything else that's going on around them in the setting. Uh, chapter eight really kind of gives the the dealer more an idea of what's what could possibly be really going on. So it's easy to see why these characters are so, well, a bit disconnected, yet still very protective of mankind. Uh, it's hard to make connections because of how much of the bigger picture your character actually has or is privy to, but that's 
part of what you're trying to establish in the telling of these particular stories is the connections. And this is why the memories mechanic is so important. Uh, chapter nine is a great tool to aid the dealer again in just kind of wrapping their head around the whole storytelling aspect of this game and in regard to this setting. It reminds me of how much I, of how I tend to run games with certain story beats in mind and how I like to keep a firm grasp on the cause and effect of what's going on and you know how every action has has a very uh, ob a very interesting consequence maybe not obvious right away there's a lot of a lot of long game type of type of stuff in relics and then when we get to the appendices um wow this is the this part really appealed to me i weirdly i jumped straight to it first because it has a big section on how to name your character and what these angelic names mean if you wanted to give meaning to, to certain things um, but the appendices in this also just kind of really appealed to the history and mythology nerd in me. I, I really geeked out over this section probably the most. I've come up with my fair share of alternate history characters for other games and stories and ideas. So how could I not love the history and the angelic meaning of all the names and such? There's a fictional breakdown of a sort of a who's who in the actual tarot deck. So this is what this card, this is who this card represents. And this is a, you know, the aspect or story, the legend of them. And most of this is, is based off of the backers for the Kickstarter for this original game, for when it came out. Um, and it's an incredibly fun read and it's going to spark all sorts of ideas for other stories, maybe give you ideas for your character's background as well. So Relics, A Game of Angels by 10 Star Games is a heavy storytelling game for players and game masters, or in this case, dealers, who want to explore character motivations, changes, some real emotional depth. Um, and it, wow, it deals with such an incredibly grand scale of power and world-changing effects. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in Relics, but you also get a lot out of it. Podcast at That's the end of the Swarmcast Podcast episode, you know. You should like and subscribe to us wherever we do go. Cause it's gonna be the future soon. And I won't always be this way When the things that make me weak and strange get engineered away It's gonna be the future soon I've never seen it quite so clear But when my heart is breaking I can close my eyes And it's already here That's right, that's the end of this Firmcast episode Hooray, we made it Hey, go and like and subscribe to us on uh, Podbean, uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, wherever you want to find us. We're actually on Amazon Podcasts, or if you have an Amazon Music, check us out there. And we're going to be showing up on Spotify. Don't get us confused with those Iowa Hawkeyes guys. In fact, if you find them, you should email them and say, hey, what? Are you done yet? I'm All right, I'm wrapping this up. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Alright, I'm testing out the sound and there's Yang meowing constantly. I heard that.